You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Coming in hot this Monday morning. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. My name is Dan Johnson. I'm your Nine Finger host. This podcast is called the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast because I only have nine fingers. My right index finger was bit off by a horse several years ago. At least that's the story I'm telling today. Anyway, we have a really cool podcast again, another gear podcast today and it is with Ramcat Broadheads. Now, I've had like five or six people email me or message me through Facebook saying, hey, get Ramcat on, get Ramcat on. So for all those guys who have been bugging me to get Ramcat on the show, Ramcat is now on the show and uh, we're going to be talking with Bill Ruth today and he works for Ramcat and he's going to tell us that, uh, you know, you look at this broadhead and you say, hey, it's just another broadhead. But again, it's engineered specifically to do certain things. And I'll let Bill tell that. But uh, some really cool information about Ramcat and uh, their products, their design, and uh, why it's designed the way it's designed. And hopefully it answers any questions you guys ever have ever had about uh, this podcast. So, Stick around to, you know, till the end of the show and uh, we'll talk about this week's giveaway from Ramcat. So I hope you guys enjoy. I hope uh, this makes your Monday suck just a little bit less and uh, enjoy the podcast. All right. On the phone with me now is Bill Ruth from Ramcat Broadheads. How's it going today? I'm good. How are you? You know, I've uh, I've had good days. I've had I've had bad days and I'm today's one of those right in the middle kind of days. <laughs> I understand that completely. <laughs> so you work for, well, I forgot the most important question that I'm going to ask you all day long. And that sure. is how did your 2015 hunting season go? Um, my, my personal 2015 hunting season went pretty well. Uh, my hunt in, I, I live and work in upstate New York. And I managed to put down a really nice uh, 11 point New York buck uh, in mid October. So it ended early, but it ended successfully. So it was good. Did you make any other trips to any other states? I had plans for Ohio, and we ended up going into a, a rebranding project, which I'm sure we'll talk about here a little bit. And um, that consumed all of my time, and, and the Ohio trip ended up not happening. So I, I was my hunting time was really limited this year to work. Yeah, I uh there's there's a little bit of a theme that I catch with not all the companies that I interview on this show but some and it's 
everybody thinks that just because you work for a company that makes broadheads or arrows or bows, you're you're going to have unlimited amount of hunting. But it's almost like it is the opposite. And you, yeah, you get to talk about hunting a lot, but you, it's still a job. It's definitely still a job. I mean, I love it. So don't take it the wrong way. Um, it's, it's great to wake up every day and to do something you're passionate about. But you're right. Um, especially in a year like this, when we, we had a major project that happened at the end of the year, that just consumed all of my time. So, you know, I, I, I don't think I hunted more than six or seven uh, uh, days this year, which is out of the norm. I usually do get, you know, I, near where I live here, I have, I don't know, you know, dozen spots that I can hop into within 10 minutes of the house. So yeah. I usually get to sit, you know, several afternoons a, you know, a week, but this year was, was not the case. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's talk about Ramcat now. What is your, what yeah. is, what is your particular role at yeah, Ramcat? I'm, I'm, I'm the general manager of the company and, and I handle most of my, um, most of my day-to-day stuff tends to be on the kind of sales and marketing side. So that's where most of my background is. Okay. And now let's talk a little bit about the history. When did Ramcat become Ramcat? Well, Ramcat started out as smoke broadheads. I don't know if you know that name, but that was a um, a new company. Oh, geez, it's probably been 10, 12 years ago. Our company president, Brett Fulton, is uh, just a tinkerer. You know? He's a just a, a mechanical contractor by trade and was looking for a, a better broadhead. He couldn't find broadheads that were flying the way he wanted and he couldn't find broadheads that were penetrating the way he wanted. So he started just tinkering around and, and had some prototypes made. And the smoke broadhead was, I don't know if you've ever seen one, but it, it was a really cool mechanical head, but it had a lot of moving parts. And um, Brett just wasn't satisfied with how many moving parts were in it, you know, and the opportunity for potential failure. The head, the head worked really well, but, you know, when you have 14 moving parts, there's a an opportunity for things to not go right, and he wasn't comfortable with that. So he began changing the design a little bit, um, and the original Ramcat design was supposed to be um, another mechanical. And he designed the ferrule that you see today, essentially, which you know has our concave scoops and and um, flies just like a fuel point. And he began initially designing this this head where the blades would be uh, rolled forward, held in place, and then they would, upon impact, would open, deploy. And what he found, just through trial and error, was that the head flew just as well with the blades fully deployed as it did with them in the closed position. So, holy cow! Now we have um, a true six-blade broadhead that flies just like a field point with a large cut diameter. So you know that that's where the that's where Ramcat really came from. And um, the Ramcat original 100 is still on our lineup. It's still our bestseller. So um, it's kind of an interesting story how it started, but there you have it. Now I got a question that you mentioned something, and it's the whole the whole mechanicals versus broadheads saga if you want to call it that it it's everybody wants a mechanical broadhead because they say it flies better than a fixed blade as far and mm-hmm. and you don't have to tune it now mm-hmm. i've talked with a lot of companies especially at the ata show this year 
and they can they say that they're they're even their fixed blade broadheads, and I say they as a general term, mm-hmm. but their their broad or their uh, fixed blade broadheads also fly just as well as any mechanical on the market. And my mm-hmm. question to you is, do you think that that terminology is now outdated with the new technology that is, I guess, in on today as far as today is concerned? Oh, for sure. You know, you look at you look at most broadhead designs, most fixed blade broadhead designs. They're thirty year old designs, just or just uh, uh, slight updates on thirty year old designs. Nobody's really come out with modern technology for today's bows, right? Um, you know, the, the reason a reason a fixed blade doesn't fly as well as a mechanical or as a field point is because you have these blades on the front of the arrow. You've essentially put wings on the front of the arrow that's fighting against the veins on the back of the arrow. And that's where the tuning has to come in. You have to mess with it to get the broadhead to fly right. And I'm not going to name brands, but um, for years I shot another another brand, a very, very well-known brand. I I killed a bunch of deer with it. Um, But every year I put it on, I was two inches low and two inches left. Every year. I had to mess with things to get it to shoot right. And then once I did, it was fine. Um, when I was first introduced to Ramcat, somebody said to me, hey, here's this really large cut diameter broadhead, you know, an inch and three-eighths and 100 grains, an inch and a half and 125 grains, which is a lot larger than most six-plate stuff out there now. But it flies just like a field point. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that from everybody. It's not everybody's marketing materials, all the packaging. Well, then you start taking a look at the design, and with the we call them concave scoops, and we own the patent on the concave scoops on the front of uh, the ferrule. Essentially, what those are, they're they're uh, they create an airfoil. Um, picture NASCAR drafting. Okay, you got the lead car punching a hole through the air, and the guy behind him is in the clean air and can go faster. Well, we do essentially the same thing with this Ramcat ferrule. Those scoops create a little airfoil that allows our really Small blades, and our blades have no, you know, the original Ramcat have no no window uh, uh, blade windows. Um, they're just a thin little wispy blade. Those fly through clean air, and it really disallows wind planing, which is that front end planing against the back end. And you know what? I didn't believe it, so I bought a pack, put them out, put them on my bow, and I, I shoot pretty regularly out at 60, 70 yards, and screwed it on at 60 yards. You know what? It hit in the same spot. <laughs> That's when I knew. Huh, okay, these Ramcat folks are on to something. So, yeah, but, you know, we're one of the, we may still be the only broadhead out there that has really come up with modern technology for today's bows, because today's bows aren't shooting 240 feet per second. You know, I have a, I have a new bow, I have an obsession, Defcon 6, that just got here last week. I set up that thing's 360 feet per second. So, it's, it narrows out pretty quick. And you really need a, a modern broadhead designed to work with that bow. It it sounds to me that as far as the the broadhead industry is concerned is that they're getting as detailed and focusing on all this almost like uh aerospace engineering to mm-hmm. to you know to get it to I guess to 
to try to find the perfect broadhead. Is there, in your opinion, is there a limitation to what can be done to a broadhead to make it fly as accurately as possible and be as sturdy as possible? Well, you know, I I, I worked for a couple of different bow manufacturers uh, in the past, and we got asked that a lot about bows. You know, is, what's the limit? When, when are you going to bump against it? I think you've seen you've seen a little bit in, in bows, but then you know, guys like Session come out with a bow that's 360 feet per second, but it's also crazy smooth. It doesn't have that super stiff, you know, argumentative <laughs> draw cycle to it. So I think the industry as a whole, whether it's bows or whether it's broadheads or arrows, I think incrementally every year somebody's coming up with something that slightly changes the game, right? And if you look back over the course of 10 years, if you add up all those slight incremental changes, you actually have significant change. So, you know, right now we're leading the way with technology and broadhead help. There's any question, especially in the fixed blade market. So are we able to make incremental changes and improvements? Yeah, we do. In fact, we have. So um, I, I don't know what the limit is. I really don't know. I think you're going to see bows get faster and faster. And you're going to see components get lighter and stronger. And um, certainly the broadhead world has got to keep up with that or they're going to just they're going to disappear. So Right. Now let's – Let's elaborate on some of that design features for a second. When when all the great minds or the designers and engineers at Ramcat sit around and you know they're they're looking to design the next best broadhead or maybe redesign a current broadhead, what are what are the categories that you guys are looking at? Uh, well, performance. You know, we want to we want to look at. Flight characteristics, we want to look at the centration, we want to look at the durability. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of what you see is a result of feedback. We, you know, we're a small company, so we have uh, our friend around the pulse, what's going on with the consumer, with the dealer, and we talk to them all the time. And uh, I, I'm pretty old school. <laughs> Someone will, I keep a yellow notepad next to my desk, and someone will call and say, hey, have you thought about blah, blah, blah? You know what? I have it. That's a really cool idea. And I write a little note on that yellow notepad. And it just sits there until it's time to do something about when it's time to begin next year's line or begin, whether it's a design feature or whether it's a pricing thing or it's a marketing idea. Um, those things sit there until it's time to start that project for next year. And then I have this list. Hey, you know, somebody mentioned, I'll give you a perfect for example. Our Ramcat Original 100, if you're familiar with the broadhead, you know that the blades come to a, at least they used to, come to a, almost a, a needle point. And someone at one point, didn't mention to me, but mentioned to Brett, you know, and, and we, we heard this periodically, I'm bending the, the tips. I'm getting them straight up inside my quiver and they won't come out because um, of the large cut diameter and the tips are getting caught and they're, they're bending. Or I dropped it at that. So we made mental note of that. And when it was time to, when the brain trust was sitting around trying to decide what we were going to do for the next year and what changes needed to happen, this one actually happened uh, right in the middle of the year, we decided to trim the end of that blade a little bit on a 45 
for the main purpose of making it stronger. But then the kind of cool and unintended consequence was the one knock we've heard about the broadheads is they're so big, I get them stuck inside my quivers. Well, that problem has mostly gone away now, except for the very smallest uh, quiver hoods. With that blade being snipped off 45, you insert it into the quiver and slide it out, and it just comes out a problem. I have a quiver here at the house um, that that I, uh, I used to use in years past, and I got the original ram tents would go up inside beautifully, but never would come out. And I can slide this the new ones inside in and out easily. So we take customer dealer feedback very seriously. A lot of the, the those incremental improvements you see come about as, as a result of, of what we're hearing from the field. You know, when I started this this past October, this podcast, the very first email I ever got from anybody asking about a product to come on the show was a guy requesting Ramcat broadheads and and two or three weeks later another guy and then two or three weeks later another guy so in total I bet you I've had five or six people say hey I want to know more about Ramcat get Ramcat on or Mm -hmm. I have you know I've used Ramcat and I love their broadheads so it sounds to me like you guys have a pretty hardcore following we really do and it's growing very rapidly it's been it's been really fun to watch the growth curve, um, and it's you know as people get turned on to them, um, we get emails, phone calls every day. And I, if we weren't on a podcast, I could show you some of my emails. <laughs> the, 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 you know, I never believed it. A buddy of mine made me try it, or I watched him shoot out at 60 yards or 80 yards, and I couldn't believe how accurate. Or I tried it. Um, I just saw a video the other day, and I stumbled into these. You know, I don't even know most of these exist. I was uh, one of our TV shows has done a nice little um, uh, accuracy test for us uh, and was on YouTube. And that video ended, and then it kind of went into some of the Ramcat loops that were out there. Somebody had done a penetration thing where he shot a deer, and he showed how this broadhead had gone through this shoulder blade and out through the brisket and, you know, started talking about the durability of the head. And it's, you know, there's so many people out there that are, that are using these, and it's just growing by leaps and bounds. In fact, you take a look at like our product placement. We're going to be in more stores than we've ever been in before. Um, we're you're going to see us in more Cabela stores, more Bass Pro stores, a lot more um, brick and mortar archery shops, retail locations, um, Dick's Film Stream. You know, you're going to begin seeing Ramcat more and more and more and more. And that's the testament to the product, really, is what boils down to the product is awesome. That's right. Now, I'm I'm looking at a broadhead right now, and huh? I, I, I'm looking at it, and I see that the blades, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the blades are off center of the ferrule. Yeah, so, so there's three of them, and they go around, which if you look at it, it, it looks balanced, but it's off center. Yes. Does is that for a particular reason as far as flight is concerned, or is yeah, that just yeah. how you you made them? Well, what that does, no, it's not just how we made it. That's um, I mean, we had a specific reason in mind. That creates a, a vortex cut when that broadhead enters enters a target or an animal. Um, it continues to it allows it to continue to rotate instead of instead of stopping rotation. So. Um, it helps promote um, penetration. It also it also allows it to fly better. 
take a look at the way they're positioned, it's because they're positioned so that that's airfoil. A lot of so that that's there and the blade splice with airfoil. Man, that's kind of crazy because if you're if you're looking at physics from a physics standpoint, you would think that any other movement on those you know on those broadheads except straight in to the animal would if there's like some kind of rotation in there that it would lose some of its kinetic energy well if you think about what's happening that arrow isn't just flying straight it's you know your veins have some sort of offset or helical on them so that arrow is rotating it's okay. spinning it goes through so if it's it blades are just straight it's actually Stopping, it's actually lessening kinetic energy with uh, blades that are straight. You have it also, it allows it to continue to spin, which harnesses more kinetic energy, which creates more penetration. Now, the other thing that we do is to make to make penetration. I talked about those concave scoops and how they affect flight. I didn't talk about what they do uh, for penetration, and that's the other. That's the second big key component to the broadhead is those. Those concave scoops on the front of the broadhead, there's the lobes up there. When they impact an animal, and you, you got to take a look at our website. Um, there's some videos out there. There's some things in some of our, some of our older advertising um, where we show some African game being hit. There's one video, uh, one photo in particular of a cougar that's been hit, where when the broadhead hits the animal, it creates this, this like hydroshock, and it, it actually expands body mass to the point where there is virtually no uh, drag on the broadhead or the, especially the arrow in the veins as that enters, as that, that arrow goes through the animal. It creates this wound channel. It actually just, poof, it opens up this hole and just significantly reduces the drag. And that's what creates such amazing penetration uh, is that we just really reduce the drag down like the arrow and the veins. In fact, if you Google, some point Google uh, Ramcat ATA uh, penetration testing. Back before I was with the company, our uh, company founders, Brett and Chris Fulton, went to the ATA show and spent a bunch of money on listed uh, gel blocks. And because they knew they had this broadhead that out-penetrated everything out there. And they invited anybody to bring any broadhead they wanted. It doesn't matter. Fixed, mechanical, old, new, Extra model, bring it. We're going to put it on the same crossbow, same bolt, and we're going to shoot from the same distance, and we're going to see who out penetrates. And for uh, all three days of the show, for two years, multiple times, I think, I think they went three or four times a day, they shot these Ramcats against everything else, and nothing even came close to penetrating. I think there was one broadhead, I don't remember what it was, that was within a few inches. Most of the rest of them, we were out penetrating by 12 to 18 inches. And that's pretty crazy considering, you know, even an inch can make the difference in a pass-through or not in a second blood trail. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, here's the fact. You can't cut what you can't penetrate. Right. Period. 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 I don't care what it is. You can you could have the world's sharpest broadhead. If it only will penetrate an inch and you have... A significantly duller broad. I'm not saying ours are dull, but if you have a significantly duller broadhead, but it's going to penetrate 12 inches, who wins? Right? Which one's going to kill the animal? The one that penetrates. Yep. You can't cut, which can't penetrate. Right, right. Now, at, at the beginning, you mentioned something about rebranding, right? Oh, yeah. So, 
we so you have this broadhead, right? And I'll be completely honest with you. I used to be the person who I would sit and I would watch a lot of TV, I would read magazines and until recently, and when I say recently, I would say within the last year or so, I didn't really even know Ramcat broadheads existed. Mm-hmm. So so you have this excellent product and mm-hmm. you're trying to get it out to the masses. Is that where yeah. this rebranding came into play? Yeah, well, we you know, you look at a product, awesome product, just not as well known as it needs to be. So when I came on board, one of the first things that Brett, Chris, and I talked about was we need to make this more appealing from a brand perspective, a lifestyle perspective to the masses, right? Um, not that there was anything wrong with the the logo and the look. Uh, obviously, got the brand to to where you know to where it was a year ago. It did a nice job, but it was time to take this to the next step to make this really look like a modern piece of technology for the modern world. So we went through, you know, we interviewed a bunch of creative folks and some ad agencies, and um, we settled on, on a guy who, who I knew that um, has done a, some work for some really great folks in the industry. And we started this process of the first step was was to create a logo that was more than just a logo. I wanted something that was iconic, something that was timeless, something that the average guy would want to put that sticker on his truck or would want to wear that logo on a hat or want to wear that logo on a shirt. Um, and so that was the that was the first step. That was the lengthiest step that took a long time to, to kind of get through to get to where we are. But I don't know if you've seen the new look with this kind of raised, almost like a, think about like a, like a car emblem, you know, yeah. Chevy Impala sticks out of my right. head. It's kind of raised chrome with like a chrome coin background with this new look grand cat. I think it came out great. Yeah, it looks, so it, it definitely, it definitely looks like it could be on the front of a truck. Absolutely. I'll tell you the response has been overwhelming. Um, you know, I've been through rebranding projects before in the industry with other companies, and in general, they were received well, but there were people who were like, well, we really like the old one. Why'd you do that? You know, there was a certain percentage of people that said that, uh, as I've been through this in the past. Um, this has been, there hasn't been anybody, not, not one person. I had, we've had a few of this. I didn't, not that I disliked the old one. The old one was fine. I do like the new one. Um, the, the response has been overwhelming, where people are, we're seeing things like clothing orders that virtually didn't exist before are now a real thing for us. You know, <laughs> we're, we're seeing stickers going up to we're having people calling and saying, Hey, I've seen these really cool hats. And we did this really great hat uh, at the ATA show that was done in uh, a cryptic pattern and uh, that dark, I think it's called Python cryptic. Um, we put the silver logo on the front. They look great. And we didn't, you know, the calls every day for folks who want those. So that was a, a big success. The next piece to the puzzle really was, from a merchandising standpoint, I felt that the packaging was just kind of dark. And if you, we did some studies where we went to, oh, we went to local archery stores, we went to big box stores, and, you know, we went and we photographed broadhead walls. And we took a look at, okay, here you are at Cabela's, and there's, you know, 88,000 broadhead brands on the wall, and what sticks out? And ours didn't, 
it, it blended because it was so dark. Uh, but the Rampant logo was kind of bright yellow, but it just, I think it got overlooked on the wall. So we made a concerted effort to update the packaging, and I don't know if you've seen the packaging or not yet, but it's it's uh, it follows the theme of the catalog with kind of a, uh, well, every every body has a different color header to it, whether it's, you know, the 125s are red, the 100s are blue. Those remain, the colors remain the same as they were uh, in, in the past, but it's kind of an arched uh, top with this really bright chrome logo, and then it kind of fades into a white. We saw white really standing out on those product walls. We had something white. Or, or even a lighter color stand out. So uh, I think the response at the ATA show, at the Sports Inc. show, at the NBA show, at Kinsey's, always mm-hmm. is um, overwhelmingly positive for the viewers. They feel that we have a whole lot more uh, shelf and rack presence now than we did in the past. So, you know, we take a significant step forward in the way we look, which now the look matches the head itself. Gotcha. Well, that's, yeah. a, good, so, that's, that's a good thing. Oh, but listen, it's been it's been a rocket ship ride the past year, and um, all signs are pointing towards it being an even bigger rocket ship ride for you know, the rest of 16 and all of 17. So some really good stuff. That's good. So right now you guys have – is it just one style of broadhead, just in two different weights? Well, no. Right now – there's there's our hundred grain original, which is an inch and three three eighths. Um, there's a, a cut diameter, and there's a hundred twenty five grain um, inch and a half cut diameter, and those come in the original. Uh, we also do those in a deep six thread pattern. We also offer those same broadheads uh, in a crossbow package. Uh, there's a little known head that we developed last year with um, George from. from Fire knock uh, called the single double grind. It's a one inch cup diameter. It follows the same basic pattern as the original Ramcat. George has his Aerovane 3 vein system, a real high rate of spin vein system, and he was having a hard time finding broadheads that flew well with that real high rotation the veins created. It asked us to come up with something specifically for him, which is the single double grind. Um, and we, we sent him to him, and he began selling them, and sure enough, it turned into something that. Um, was a bigger sell than we thought. So so there's that out there. Uh, that was last year's broadhead, and that's actually still now just gaining attention. People have been around for you know, 14, 15 months. People are just now beginning to realize it's out there. Then we have a new head for us, um, and um, that'll begin hitting shelves in late May, early June, called the Diamondback. The Diamondback was... Uh, I should back up. Our, because our blades, the way they operate, you know, they fly in a, in a fixed position. But then if, by chance, the broadhead doesn't pass the target or through the animal, and the animal pulls the arrow out or you're pulling out a target, our blades rotate forward, um, and they cut on the way back out. Some states, uh, Idaho, Oregon, and Alaska, aren't quite sure how to classify us, whether we're a fixed head and that's a barb or whether we're a mechanical. So rather than doing their homework, um, really trying to determine what they were, they just made us illegal, right? Which is unfortunate because like where I live here in New York, you go to the DDC guidebook, you can see a picture of a broad so this is barb and it's a no-no. But if the blades roll forward, it might as well be our broad that they're talking about. If the blades roll forward and when they when the Arrow's being removed from the animal, is not barb. The 
was legal. Well, that didn't happen in those states. So Brett decided that, hey, we're going to come up with something that we can make legal in those states. So he took the the beauty of the whole thing is this feral, right, with the concave scoops and the, and the fact uh, two O-ring system and uh, put together really a, the first conventional fixed-blade broadhead that we've ever offered. It's If you look at it, it's very similar. Think about uh, think about a slip trick or think about a muzzy pro car. Yep. Uh, look, right, triangular blade. We have three triangular blades. They, still, they fit in the same slots as the original ram kit, but they don't move. They're held in place and they're permanently fixed at the top. So we built it for the purpose of those three states. The second I saw it, I said to Grant, this is going to be a huge hit. He's like, nah, we're going to sell a few in those states. I'm like, no. <laughs> Having been one of those guys that shot one of those smaller cut diameter fixed blade heads for years, I'm telling you there's a market out there for this. There's a lot of guys that are kind of on the fence in between, you know, they're a true fixed blade guy. They don't want a mechanical, and they're a little leery about large cut diameter, you know, other bars and others that are out there. They want this inch cut diameter, this inch to 16th. Ours is an inch to 16th, the Diamondback 100 grain. And you know what? It flies just like the original Ramcat. It penetrates just as well as the original Ramcat. And it has been an enormous seller for us. We've written a ton of orders at the shows, and you're going to see that all over. Um, it's, it's already you know, getting a lot of press in the magazines, and we're getting those calls every day. Hey, when can I get those? And here we are. What's it? Middle of March now, right? Um, when can I get those? Wow, we're not going to have them until late May or June. But um, that's our first foray into a conventional fixed blade. Where other heads are, they're fixed blade, but it's a hybrid fix because the blade does move uh, you know, when there's a force you can swing it backwards. Um, this is a true fixed blade. Of course, it's sharp and front here, just like original Ramcats, so it does come way back out of the But that's our, that's our first foray into that market, and it's been a huge hit for us. So, are do you guys ever think you'll jump 100%? You know, into the mechanical game at all? Um, I'm not sure. We, you know, that's where we got roots. We started as a mechanical with the smoke. Um, I know there's some. We have some things on the drawing board. Whether or not we decide to go that route or not remains to be seen. I, I you know, we're having a lot of success with what we're doing. Um, I would. I think probably the next step you'll see would be, uh, and this is just speculation, because we haven't made these decisions yet. This is all talk internally, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a 125-grain uh, Diamondback next year, maybe a little bit you know, larger cut diameter. Uh, so that may be the next step. Beyond that, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if you're going to run a full-fledged broadhead company, you kind of need to appeal to you know, more people than not. So Right. There is a fair number of guys that love their mechanical heads, so why not offer one? If we can make one that will stand up to the pounding um, that our current heads do, we can make one that will fly like our current heads do, we can make one that will penetrate like our current heads do, I wouldn't be surprised um, to see one down the road. But it's going to have to meet those criteria. Yeah. With with your with your design, I'm looking. I went online and I'm looking at your uh, brochure, huh? and I'm looking at it. How uh, 
and I know you guys sell replacement blades, but how often would you say that you guys that a, a consumer would need to change the ferrule and buy a brand new pack? <laughs> that's sorry to laugh. That is um, not very often. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something we talk about a lot because the heads are um, four sixteen hardened stainless. Uh, there's if you go to our Facebook page. I don't know if you can do that when you're online here, but I'm on the phone here. But there's someone sent us a photo. A guy was messing around, setting it a new bow, screwed a ram cat. It was 100, I think 110 yards away. And he, he chunked the shot, right? I don't know what he did wrong, but the, something went wrong with the shot. And the arrow glanced off a rock at 110 yards, bounced off a rock, and ricocheted up. And there was an old uh, house trailer on, still on the trailer, you know, this heavy steel trailer. And the, the broadhead is stuck in this steel trailer at 110 yards. And it's <laughs> penetrated a third of the way through this sparrow. <laughs> now, we've done, there's another Facebook post that I put up, I personally put up a few days after that, because there were some naysayers. They're like, oh, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. So, um, our Brett, because the company had done some testing, he had a, uh, he had a, a heavy steel, um, box of some sort that he was shooting things, shooting through. And he's got this like eight inch thick steel and it penetrates through both sides of the box and sticks out the other side. And the ferrule looks like you could, that you can't screw new blades on it and go kill animals with it. So. Yeah. I'm looking at, I'm looking at it on online right now and it looks like then you guys went ahead and shot a cinder block too. Oh yeah, shot that same one through a cinder block. Yeah, <laughs> we have all kinds of pictures of things shot through bone, and you know the somewhere on that Facebook page is the video of the of the, the gel block. It's a little ways down, but there's the you know, gel block APA demo is there. These things are incredible. They're incredible. So we we do sell a lot of replacement blades. <laughs> Those guys are destroying, you know killing multiple animals with one head and finally you know the blades I should say this the blades on the original Ramcat were designed as a sacrificial blade you think about name a brand of a camel broadhead I don't care who it is you shoot it through an animal once and it goes through it and it spreads a rock on the other side you can't use them again right ours was designed as a sacrificial blade but the fact of the matter is because of the way it's designed there's some give to those heads, to those blades. So it, you know, it enters a, an animal through rib cage and then it gets deflected and it comes out a funny angle, you know, under the arm and through the shoulder and the blades kind of give and wiggle their way through and allow that head to slip through. And most of the time those heads come out and the blades are usable again. So they last a lot longer than what they were originally intended, designed to do. They were designed to be a, shoot it through an animal and replace it, but they, you know, I hear stories all the time about, well, I'm on my sixth or my eighth or my tenth animal with the same blades. And in fact, buying some of the all your hatched out of them, I could use again. That's, uh, from what you say, that sounds like it's pretty durable. Now, are your, are you guys made in the USA? Our company is headquartered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and everything we do um, outside of our production is in Pittsburgh. We do use the leading shop in 
Taiwan to manufacture the heads for us. And they do broadheads for virtually everyone. Well, all the major folks in nature, for the most part, um, use the shop in Taiwan. So we, we get the highest quality broadheads possible. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, here's the here's the question, the million-dollar question. You know, for everybody sitting here listening to this uh, podcast, it's, you know, here in about a month or so, people are going to start getting the gear itch, and they're going to start saying, hey, I need to go buy some more broadheads or whatever yep. they're they're looking forward to. And you go yep. into a, a Bass Pro Shop or you go into uh, a Cabela's or anywhere that sells broadheads, and there's like, like you mentioned earlier, 50,000 different kinds of broadheads yeah. Yeah. on the market. And why should someone consider a Ramcat? We've talked about it. Um, Two-point accuracy, largest cut diameter fixed leg broadhead, on the market, and hands down, the deepest penetration of any broadhead fixed or mechanical. Pretty simple. Modern technology, modern boats. It's really what it boils down to. It's you know you can you know if you had a Ferrari and you needed new tires, would you put 50 year old white wall tires on it, or would you go <laughs> to set a would you go to set of Pirellis? Right. Right. You put the Pirellis on it. Well, have a thousand dollar fifteen hundred dollar bow why go put a 30 year old broadhead design on it why not shoot something that was designed with these really high speed bows in mind Um, I just come back to the really simple fact you can't cut what you can't penetrate and I I don't care who who it is I've never never seen anybody out there simple yeah, that's why. Pretty straightforward there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking broadheads with me today. If there is anybody out there who wants to find out more information about Ramcat, where should we send them? Uh, right to our website, uh, ramcatbroadheads.com. Perfect. And then everything they need to know is right there. Everything they need to know is right there. The the new catalog. Uh, they can download the new catalog there. You know, we're, uh, they can take a look at all the products there. There's all kinds of testimonials, all kinds of pictures, some videos, all the information they need is right there. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Sure. I'm, I'm glad to have the time to chat with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to spread the Ramcat love. And there you have it, another Nine Finger Chronicles podcast in the books. Again, I want to thank Bill for coming on the show and like he said, spreading the Ramcat love. Uh, hopefully this satisfied all the Ramcat uh, fanatics who have been calling for this podcast. So hopefully you guys are satisf- satisfied with the information that, uh, that you uh, received here today. Moving forward, Ramcat has decided to take part in this week's Nine Finger Giveaway, if you want to call it that. And uh, they're going to be giving away the original Ramcat broadhead in 125 grains. And uh, I'm going to pick two winners uh, probably later this week. So Friday or next Monday, just depends on when I have time. And uh, just like every week, you need to go to the Nine Finger Chronicles Facebook page, share the Facebook post that mentions this website. You need to follow the link to the ninefingerchronicles.com 
so just click on the link and it will take you directly to the uh, the website where the podcast is hosted. And all you have to do is type in hashtag Ramcat in the comment section on the Nine Finger Chronicles blog and uh, you will be entered in to win. I will pick two winners, uh, like I said, sometime Friday or Monday. And uh, so the first thing to do, just to reiterate, is share the post that mentions this on Facebook and then follow that link to the ninefingerchronicles.com backslash podcast uh, where the Ramcat Broadhead podcast is held and comment hashtag Ramcat. And uh, that by doing those two things, you'll be entered and uh, I'll pick a winner and who knows, you could win. Thank you guys very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, I love it. I love that you guys are enjoying this. I love that you guys are just as crazy about you know gear and whitetails as I am. And uh, hopefully you guys are learning just as much as I am because I know every time I talk to one of these guys, you know you're just waiting for the day to you know get a what I call a flop. Someone who may not know too much about what their products is but so far everybody i've talked to is really knowledgeable about their products and can really explain in detail why they're doing what they're doing and uh i hope that continues and i hope you guys are uh are getting that vibe as well so i hope everybody has a great week and turkey season is just around the corner i went on a drive with my daughter the other day and we saw three strutting turkeys in the field so it got me all fired up and i'm looking forward to taking a, a long weekend in april to chase some turkeys and i typically we don't have to worry about safety harnesses this type of year but you know when you're hunting in a tree stand wear your damn safety harness have a good week <laughs>